My name is Josh. I am an adult child and an alcoholic. And, uh, <clears throat> yeah, I'm, I'm really kind of excited to share tonight because it's my first time in speaking at an ACA meeting. And ever since I got sober, I've always wanted to kind of delve deeper into my childhood, but I just never felt it was appropriate. And I was taught in that program to just take responsibility um, and try not to you know, just look at your side and, you know, clean your side of the street. But I always had a question, like, what about the reason why I am the way I am? What does that not count? And I figured, like, you know, there's tons of people that have had it worse than me. So what am I complaining about? Um, and that that worked for a while. Um, because I really tried so hard, especially after getting sober, to not end up like my dad or my mom, for that matter. I really tried to treat my my wife at the time with respect and and kind of just do the opposite of what my father did. And lo and behold... I ended up in the exact same situation as he did. And I was baffled. I was completely blown away. Here I am. Gave up everything for my kids. Gave away my, you know, gave up on my dreams, gave up on everything. Didn't expect much from my my wife at the time and I felt like a martyr you know I was doing this you know because I'm just so great and I, I want to make sure that I'm better than my father and I ended up in the same place um, and that made me realize that uh, this this is a lot deeper than I think and uh, you know the apple doesn't fall far from the tree and it was shocking I could not believe it. So I guess I'll back up a bit and kind of explain. You know, uh, <clears throat> my parents met in Israel on some hippie thing. And uh, it was just a fling. And then they, they, then they met up in this other hippie place in, in uh, Christiania, Denmark, where I was conceived and they split up. They decided they, they didn't want to be together. So my mom went back to Sweden, found out she was pregnant, called my dad's father, my grandfather, and said, if, if you don't, you know, if your son doesn't come, I'm going to kill myself. So that was kind of how my whole thing started. Um, the first year of my life I was in a foster home because my mom left me at a train station I found out this summer actually by my uncle and um, <clears throat> so my dad didn't 
meet me until I was one. And, and he was forced to go to Sweden. He was only like 22 or 23 at the time. He was forced to move to Sweden because my grandfather told him, if you don't go get your son out of the foster care, you're not welcome here anymore. So my dad showed up in Sweden completely lost and uh, he was bitter. He was not nice to me. He did not like me. He was, you know, I just felt like I was in the way. I had no idea how I could make him happy. I don't, I have like one memory I remember when I was like four or five, I had no supervision. And one of the greatest memories of, of, him, of him was when I got stabbed by a 16-year-old. I think I was five years old, in the leg. And the kid carried me home. I remember him handing me, o- me over to my father who took me. And after I got stitches that day, he bought me um, a toy. Um, I think it was the first thing I ever got from him. It was a bow and arrow with the suction cup thing. And that was the happiest thing, happiest I'd ever been because I was finally appreciated. Um, so I have like very few memories like that of him. I just remember him screaming and yelling at me all the time or ignoring me. So, and while this was going on, my mom was in and out of mental hospitals. She was constantly telling me that she regretted bringing me into this terrible world. Uh, It was gonna go under anyway. And she was also telling me that, you know, my dad was like the worst person um, so, any, you know, it's a bit confusing still, like, how I got through my childhood. Um, it sounds, you know, it just, it's just really confusing when I talk about it. So, anyway, um, when... I think I was six or seven, they divorced. And I ended up with my mom, me and my sister. She, My sister, I think, was four, I was seven, when we ended up with my mom. And she was not okay to take care of us. She, I just remember that the neighbor came up and asked me where my mom was and I said I don't know and I remember I was making like uh, some sort of um, oatmeal cookie or something and we had no supervision and thinking about it I we could have easily been alone for for days or a few hours but I'm pretty sure it was a day or two So when the neighbor came up, she called somebody or something, and then my dad appeared. And from that point on, he got custody. 
And that was the worst nightmare I ever had. It was like the worst thing that could possibly happen. Because as bad as my mom's supervision was, my dad was just encourageable. It was impossible to make him happy and had no idea how he was going to treat me at any given time. He was consistently inconsistent. But for the most part, he just showed contempt and couldn't, he just couldn't stand me. He thought I was like a liar. He, he just, I, you know, he was just so miserable in Sweden. He would just walk around mumbling to himself, I got to get the fuck out of here, he would say to himself all the time. And so I I found ways to escape the, um, the, this by just not coming home. I would just stay out as long as I could. Um, I would always be late and then he would ground me and so on and so forth. And, um. Then my mom decided to go marry Bob Dylan. So she left and moved to L.A. because she was constantly telling me that Bob Dylan was was going to save us. And he was, you know, we're going to move in with him. And she was also consistently telling me that I was Jesus. And, um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, one thing that she left me with was this almost incapable I was I was, I've been almost incapable of believing in any higher power or, or anything because her idea her her own religion was just so brutally insane like she convinced me that my dad was the devil and I was Jesus and uh so when I got into AA it was like you know, I would rather die in the gutter than be, believe in a higher power and like surrender to a higher power. But I, I had, I was just so desperate to, to get sober that I pretended to believe in anything. But when I heard Tony from ACA share and explain that, you know, we return to sanity in the in the AA steps, when he said, you know, if there was no sanity, how could you return to sanity? And that's when a light bulb switched on. I was like, wow, that, how, I, you know, there's never been sanity in my childhood. So that just never really worked for me. But return to clarity is great. You know, so that's kind of where I'm at now. I'm trying to figure, like, I'm I'm just trying to get some clarity of my situation. And, and the number one reason why I'm in this program is to not pass this shit on to my kids. That's really what I want to do. I want to just look at it and just accept it and, and figure out how to parent myself. Because, you know, although my parents were maybe not, active alcoholics they were not sober and they were not um <clears throat> they were not parents you know i i i had to parent my mother from day one all she did was ask me for advice i mean i i remember when she called me i hadn't heard from her for a year or something and 
I must have been 10 at the time. And she, she just told me that she lived on Skid Row. She was homeless. She'd been raped. She had a, an abortion. And, but she was okay. And she might be coming home soon. And I hadn't heard from her in a year. And, and then she said that, you know, Dylan wasn't around. So he was busy, but he, you know, just shit like that. Um, uh, so where am I going with this? I guess, you know, the interesting thing is like doing this program and reading into it, I'm starting to understand why I beat myself up so much. Why, like no matter how good I was doing, I could never see the positive that I was doing. I was only beating myself up. And I was super paranoid of anyone. Um, you know, I couldn't really hard time trusting anyone. And uh, it just caused me this. And, and also this fear of abandonment was extreme in my case. So I assumed I would be abandoned and I would do anything I could to prevent that. And it would just cause this, you know, these really toxic uh, friendships and relationships where, you know, it didn't really matter what you did to me. I would still be around. I would still come back. You know, um, and I could not understand why I did not. You know, a lot of my friends would be like, dude, you're still friends with that guy. He just. Uh, and it would just it would I would just hate myself more and I would feel really stupid, but I didn't know how to. The same thing with my ex-wife, no matter what she did, I would stick around because I. You know, I could not grasp the thought of leaving anyone long so anyway um <clears throat> i married a, a woman who was crazy um she became very fundamentalist cultish religion she joined a, a cult after we got married and it took me 10 years to leave her because i okay thank you ben five minutes um, she joined a cult and I tried to make it work. She was teaching the kids that the world was run by the devil. And <laughs> I mean, it's just carbon copy of my, of my dad's situation. And my kids are being taught that I'm part of the devil because I'm not part of that cult. And when I, when I started realizing this, I was, I don't remember who it was. Oh, I do remember. Somebody in AA suggested I go to ACA. And, uh, but they told me, be careful because that program can be really heavy. And, and some people have gone out uh, doing that program too intensely, especially when I was in such a weak state. Basically, I walked out of my my home after 10 years of marriage into the un unknown. I had nowhere to live, I had nowhere to go, but I knew that if I did not leave, I was going to die or drink or kill somebody, you know? And that was f over five years ago, and I'm still struggling to find myself. 
I'm still struggling to be a father to my kids. I'm I'm struggling to take care of myself. But I'm standing on my own two feet and I know where I'm from and I'm giving myself I'm just being gentle with myself like I'm I'm giving my some myself some credit too for the first time in my life. I'm not, you know, I'm not very cocky by any means. But I'm trying to look at the things that I've done well too, you know. I've been playing drums for my whole life since you know, over 30 years and I'm pretty good. I play in bands. Um I'm sensitive. I I I like to you know, I'm a loyal friend and um The other thing that I've learned in these programs was that I don't have to pick up the phone every time my mom calls twice a day, three times a day. I don't have to. You know, I can listen to myself. I don't have to be nice to everyone at all times. I don't have to agree with anyone and no one has to be my friend. If they don't want to be friends, that's okay. And I don't have to forgive anybody. I don't have to do anything I don't want to. And that's so liber- liberating, you know. The only thing the only tools I had as a kid was was run away or fight or, you know, and now I'm I'm getting some nuances in it. And uh so really I'm just trying to be kind accept where I'm from and not compare it. Yeah, there's tons of people that have had it worse than me. But for me, my childhood was so confusing. It was so absurd. I couldn't find any reason to make this thing work. I was constantly told that the world was one minute, thank you. There was no point to this. It was all going to end soon anyway. So why would I build up a future? Why not just get wasted? It was the only thing that worked. And then when I when when alcohol was taken away from me, I had no idea how to make things work, how to live like a normal being. And it's still really confusing because I don't have that many problems right now. And I'm super uncomfortable because I'm okay in the survival mode, but like just chilling and being okay in like no drama is really hard. <laughs> so anyway, I I hope my my talk made any sense or he- helped anybody. Um but I know it it's really been helpful to me to get some clarity. This is this is really a gift for me to be able to tell my story in as combobulated as it may have been. And I really do appreciate you all listening. Uh it means so much. And uh, thank you so much. Thanks. All right.